Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh, and this is episode number 103. This week on the show, I have an awesome conversation with a band that I really hope is on your radar already, but if it's not, I think it's a band that there's going to be a lot of you that buy into, that start listening, that become fans, because they're really starting to develop their soundscape and kind of change what quote-unquote alternative rock or even rock really is um, in in their realm anyway. Um, this week, the conversation is with Zach from the band Modern Error. Um, great conversation. Talked about all kinds of stuff, including... Um, what it's like being in a band with his twin brother, uh, what it was like to kind of discover music as an outlet and an art form um, coming from a traditional art background uh, with painting and drawing and things like that. Uh, We talked about the new music and the new album called Victim of a Modern Age, uh, which is out now via Rude Records. So definitely think you guys need to go over and check that out as well. Um, But obviously, first, I want you to listen to this conversation. Um, If you're not familiar with Modern Air, there's tons of really cool information. Um, Getting to know Zach and and kind of the vision that they have for this project was a lot of fun, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it as well. So let's go ahead and dive into that conversation right now. This is Zach from Modern Air. Awesome. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, we'll kick off with kind of the boring ass opening question that you get asked all the time. And that's a simple introduction, who you are, what you do in the band and a little background on yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Zach and play, I sing in Modena. Um, background wise, I suppose creatively came from fine art and then found music. Um, when I was like, 10, 12, and then just started creating things with my brother as a kid. And uh, that's kind of the, the most background that you could get with Modern Air because, you know, twin brothers making a making a project is kind of just like a, an extension of our childhood, I guess. So, um, right. Yeah. So what's it like working with, with your brother, you know, or family in general when it comes to creating projects? You know, so many bands claim that they're brothers. You know, that's mm. the age-old, like, like correlation Same, that people make, yeah. you know, like, oh, th- yeah. these are my brothers. But when you're actually in a band with a family member, in your case, a twin brother, what's yeah. that been like for you? And, like, obviously there's some sibling, you know, interactions where there's some arguments and stuff but what's mm-hmm. it at the end of the day you know you're still brothers yeah. what's it been like for you i think i think it's, i also think it's different because we're twins i think there's a different kind of connection because yeah. you're brought up in the same era completely and like you have almost have the same experiences until you know a certain age so i in my opinion and my like you know experience i think like it's kind of like you, you're coming from a, a similar idea, but you're kind of like on a slightly different path. So I right. think it's kind of nice to see two different angles of a same, of a similar vision in a sense. Yeah. So it's kind of nice in that way. Um, but obviously locking heads because 
you both have the same intent and then the ideas don't quite correlate because it's so so it's like it's a battle but it's sometimes um but i think i think overall i think it helps build a bigger picture of one idea so it's kind of exciting to me or at least you know it's like a unique thing that we have that some people might not have because of us being twins so it's kind of like use what you what you have kind of thing. yeah it's kind of i guess the analogy i would use is it's two sides of the same coin like you said you know, yes seeing it yeah. from opposite sides maybe or whatever but like you know i think a lot of people that i'm i'm not a twin but i've known several in my my life yeah like i don't think people fully understand the connection that twins really have when it For comes sure. to like yeah there's the like stereotypical shit of you guys got mixed up i'm sure you know called the wrong names all that sort of yeah. stuff the the fun little yeah. pranks when it was intentional whatever but like to have someone that you can sit down with at the end of the day and be like, yeah. you know, today was a fucked day or whatever. And they've experienced exactly, you know, within mm -hmm. reason, exactly what you've experienced. It, it's nice to have that. Yeah. I think, I think the strangest thing about being a twin, well, as far as I can gauge from, you know, other people and stuff, because obviously I don't know what it's like to be anything else, but um, it's kind of like, it's almost like, ha oh, it sounds so like, <laughs> it's kind of like always having a friend i guess if you right. get on with them i guess so it's like i've never maybe i've never been truly alone which is kind of terrifying <laughs> in, my, in my in my in my thoughts so it's you know it is what it is but um yeah definitely a very unique connection um yeah, for sure for sure awesome um so like you said you kind of transitioned from like a a fine art thing yeah. into to music what was that kind of development like for you when it was that decision was made that, you know, maybe there's more to art than mm. visual art and, you know, we can do sonically some think, really cool stuff. Yeah. I think, um, I think Cal fell into music more than I did, um, but like quicker kind of thing. So I think he was already starting this kind of musical journey and I was kind of like dabbling in bands and stuff, but I didn't, really see myself as the same same kind of musician in, in a sense so um and I, I think it was it was starting to click for me when i started learning about just i don't know it's kind of like how painters how a painter's mindset is going into a project and kind of using this like emotional motivation to fuel something and um when i started connecting that outside of the idea of painting and just being like oh you can do it in any medium that was um it was kind of like a clicking moment like I'm, i direct music videos for my job now as well so it's kind of like my whole life has just been from this like explosion of thought that anything can be any any type of expression can be obviously motivated by your emotions so it was just uh i know it might be an obvious thing but it was like one of those um things that just kind of took me by surprise and it was like a eureka moment to kind of make sure like to make me able to kind of I don't know, do what I do now, do what I want and feel not confined to, oh, I've got to draw a picture to make that thing happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I guess, I guess it was that kind of bomb, bomb off in my brain moment. I think. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I think it's common for people to finally have that aha moment. And yeah. It happens with everybody at different times, you know, like obviously growing up, you're 
kind of forced to listen to whatever your parents listen to. So, so until you start making an emotional connection with some of those songs so, or hear someone yeah. singing about a life experience that you've been through, it's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's just music. Like that doesn't yeah. necessarily relate. And then like sure. you said, like when it finally clicks, it's like, holy shit, like yeah. there's a whole world I, here. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Like I, I was into music and stuff. It's just, I think the idea of making it for myself and I just, I don't know, like that kind of thing definitely popped off a little later like i was brought up around um like a motocross scene and a skate scene and stuff so i was definitely into those kind of like afi pennywise kind of like proper punk vibes um but obviously didn't really see myself as uh making it but quite quite the same right um yeah this is a a good journey yeah for sure um and now you know you guys have been doing the project in the grand scheme of things, not a long time, but you know, for yeah. you guys being in a project together, you've had some some time to obviously mold your sound and things like that. What's kind of been your thought process and the the conscious drive on sonically how you want to sound and kind of structurally how you're building albums and stuff? That's an interesting question because I'm trying to think how what like when we when we started Modern Era, it was. I think what we wanted to do was try and bring in all these aspects to a project that we thought was like encapsulating everything we ever wanted to be, but I don't think we quite learned it yet. So I think the first EP we put out was like this progression of us finding our sound. And then obviously this album's kind of a bit more solidifying that sound. I think, I think we've always, we've always tried to do the five piece band thing, but, but always felt like, it didn't achieve the thing we wanted it to do so i was like right this doesn't quite you know like satisfy our you know grandiose (laughs) visions for things and i think it was just kind of slowly finding how to bring in like almost like a cinematic quality with with sound and sonics to build something that felt a bit bigger than you know a band in a room so i think it was just kind of locking in I don't know, like looking in like disc- that discovery. Um, yeah, and I mean, I think yeah. obviously any musician goes through it to some degree. You know, are we going to be rock band? Are we going to be a punk band? You know, yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. have to figure out where you fit. And I think the the cool thing, like you just mentioned, is finding almost this cinematic quality because a lot of your songs are very conceptual and storytelling. Thank you. So, like Thanks. cinematic appeal fits mm. much better than we're just going to put a bunch of, you know, riffy guitars underneath this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. That was, that's, um, especially for this album, it was definitely that intention was, um, we started with a co- it was quite like a film. Like we started with the concept and built it around almost like the emotional arc of that, that kind of that concept and that story to build the sounds in the ways that they are in the two halves of the record and stuff. So I think, even from the get-go, it was definitely going to have this, well, try, we are definitely in the pursuit of trying to find some, you know, storytelling element to make it feel like there's some, something going on there. And I, I, I love, I love that. Cause I mean, it's been out like three days now, four days, but people are already starting to get that kind of feeling or get, get that kind of trajectory. Um, which is amazing. I don't, I, I just didn't really think about people, figuring it out so 
quickly i guess or like and, and i know that means my job our job's like well done and stuff but um yeah i can't remember my initial point <laughs> i've just, no, no, just kind of gone on a tangent no, um i i get you like you yeah. know it you can speak to this too having a more traditional form of art as well but like mm. it's putting that art out there and going are people going to understand our intent yeah it's like the it's the um I suppose that's the fear of anyone putting something out that kind of like not like kind of and i'm not saying it's pushing anything like reinvention kind of thing but i just think trying to push something a bit further than maybe a, a bit more of a standard album and it's just like i hope people see it that because you get you get this oh that was what i was gonna say i was like you can you get the songs you know like any album but i think if you listen to it front to back you kind of get something extra right. which is just sick to me so it kind of and and i love that because we're big believers in um like listening to albums front to back and kind of taking your time with this kind of piece rather than have it in the background on a playlist kind of thing so i think giving someone you know oh listen to it like this because this makes it feel different like yeah. kind of encourages that behavior so i'm gonna pop it into that yeah, yeah for sure and I, i'm a firm believer regardless of if it's a concept album or not like yeah. The first time you listen to an album, it should be front to back because yeah. it's arranged that way for a reason. Like, yeah, sure. it may not be a one concise story, but mm -hmm. like the ebbs and flows or whatever it may be, like sure. it's, it's designed to be arranged that way. Um, okay. And I think it's cool with, with like what you guys are doing. It reminds me a lot of, and take this, well, it reminds me a lot of like Coheed and Cambria had the Amori Wars. Boy Becomes Hero, he's got two concept albums out that are telling this story, and, like, there's so much depth to it that, like, the first time you listen to this album, it's like, oh, this is a really solid album. And then when you start replaying it, it's like, oh, mm. there's some shit in here. Like, there's some I love that. depth and story. Was... Nice. I'm just glad. You... I'm glad. I really like hearing people kind of, like, notice these bits or feel like they have to almost like not deep dive into it but definitely have to give it a second listen to kind of like feel it again and just feel it if it's changing slightly for them and um i wrote like the whole second half is kind of meant to be a bit of a self-reflection to anyone's place in the world so i guess it's kind of like if people are listening to it and just like thinking trying to think differently about it, that's just like job done like stoke right. on that right yeah. so um let's dive into the album a little bit one thing i don't sure. like to do uh, just because I've done this for so long and I, I yeah. hate asking, you know, what's this song specifically about? Because I feel like it takes right. away from a listener's experience, you know, like, yeah, you got to give, you got to give the, the, the listener a bit of a gray area to kind of like figure it out with their own experiences for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like you said, we, we can definitely talk about like, obviously the overarching, the first half of the album is, uh, storytelling, uh, kind of a reflection of the world around us today, things like yeah. that. And mm -hmm. then the second half goes into almost this existential crisis where you're trying to figure out, like, where do I, I fit in? Like, where do I belong in this world? 100%. You got it. You got it, man. Like, that's, that's, essentially, that's essentially it. My, my, I think my intention for, yeah, intention for side one or over one is, like, someone fallen victim to the world around them and you know the, the effects that the world of today would have on someone probably in a more heightened experience but 
that was that that kind of thing. And then once he had left the world, he reflects on his place in the world as as he knows it um, to kind of like uh, become one of himself. It's kind of like it's almost weirdly like a sp- level of spiritual enlightenment in a, in a weird way. But um, I'm not sure if people pick up on that kind of thing. But obviously, it's their own. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, let's, you know, in that first half, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you guys are pointing out, I guess, is the best sure. way. Like, you're yeah. by no means are you like a anti-establishment band or that you're pushing no. some agenda or anything like that. But no. it, it does highlight kind of the world around us and the way that media affects us and social media affects us and things like that. Yeah. Obviously, you know, based on your experiences and the life that Mm -hmm. you've lived so far, like how much of this is a story that you're telling versus a reflection of what you've noticed? I think, I definitely think that it's kind of like the second. Hang on. Yeah. It was like, it's a reflection on what I've kind of noticed or experienced and stuff, but, but put into obviously a story that story told, um, and then obviously, you know, as any anyone's like your subconscious is putting in things about me that I don't even I'm, I might not even realize until two years later. And I look back and I'm like, shit, I was talking about this thing for me, which, again, I, I love. That's what I love about writing lyrics and stuff is that you kind of give these pieces of you and you don't even realize it. And it's like you realize how vulnerable of a position you might be in two years later down the line. And just like, shit, that's fucking, it's like a revelation to me. So. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely me trying to come to terms with essentially how I suppose the masses or the masses, maybe the masses, uh, live their lives, I guess, or how I feel that my main point was kind of like, we, I feel like we're all so connected now and the, but we all feel further apart in and it probably in ourselves, let alone to each other. Um, right. And everyone's a bit confused. No one really kind of is trying to figure it out. And that was the kind of scary thing about it is kind of everyone's into being conformist and um, letting it be easy. I, I don't know. I, I don't, this is why I try to write, write songs about it because I trying to right. talk about these bigger topics, just it seems too specific for me. Um, yeah. And like these I'd rather express it in a song and have it feel like an emotional expression. But um, right. no, I, I, think I hope I that makes you. sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I get you. I think it's like, you know, I something I've noticed. So I'm 36. So I've seen yeah. really the rise of social media. You know, I, yeah, sure. I remember the MySpace days and, you know, Friendster oh, and yeah. all these things pre-Facebook. But mm. um, I think, you know, it's it's a lot about how, like you said, we're all so connected because we're we're within you know, a couple touches on a phone of yeah. someone, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it's almost that we use that as a crutch on why we don't interact face to face. And like, and it's not the same, COVID like, fucked it, but yeah, yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but that was, that was another perfect thing about the records. Like I wrote this concept in 2019 about like social isolation. And then we're like, I'm like finishing the record, like lyrically and we're falling into this lockdown and everything feels like the end of the world. And it's just, I know it's, it, it's not why we started writing it, but it's just kind of like a perfect experience to have whilst trying to build this picture of feeling disassociated from everyone and just like apart a and 
like there's no way I'm ever gonna see anyone again and um yeah it's, it's kind of like where I was going with that sorry I felt no, your point was that where you were going with that you're totally <laughs> fine that, that was kind of my point too that you know like with, through all this you know we fall into to COVID era so obviously yeah. we have to lean on technology mm. and social media and now as as you know in most places restrictions are lightening up and mm. we're getting back to somewhat normal daily life it seems as though the amount of damage is the word I'm going to use the amount of damage that was done yeah. through COVID as far as our social interaction is almost yeah. a, still a hindrance. You know, people are yeah, coming back and like still don't know how to talk to people or whatever. And it's like, man, we were only gone for 18 months. You, you're an adult. I think it's like, that affects that easy, man. And it, I, like it's mental that I know that things aren't lifted, so we can't say for sure, but it's like even coming out of it, it's like I don't. I just feel like the, the whole physical action of seeing someone and stuff is just obviously gives you a different chemical release than on a yeah. phone, and it's just kind of like I don't. I hope it goes back to wanting to be with people and not right. not feeling like this this short like this short win of your phone like lighting up with a notification is just satisfying you enough, like yeah. on the shorthand. Um, to not see anyone else and stuff. So it's kind of like those things. And and back to your point about the MySpace here and social media and stuff. And I was I was even thinking about it to music and it's just feel like since Facebook, I guess, um it's like bands and scenes. Oh, this is a proper statement. It's like the UK is quite small anyway, so I suppose it's slightly different. But I remember in like the MySpace era, there was like different pools of bands and you, you couldn't see what everyone was doing in the uk as easily so it's kind of like you had these different elements of how people write songs and stuff and obviously people like to take inspiration from each other and and that's how you build little trends going on but i feel like without with with, with the idea of facebook and interconnectivity and everyone being so it's just i feel like there's so much more formula formulaic songwriting going on and everyone kind of sounds on the same level but it's all kind of the same and there's no like weird experimentation anymore. And I just find that so fucking strange. No, <laughs> it's I, just I like totally when, when music's meant to be about expression and, you know, being, being your unique self and stuff. And then I know that like people fall into trends and that's what, and they're, they're there for a reason. It's just kind of mental. That's all. Yeah, no, and there's I so many more agree. bands. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And like, you know, you guys, um, I'm going to put you in a, a pretty high class here. I think you guys, Don Bronco uh, and like Bring Me the Horizon are still definitely trying to push that envelope of like, nice. yeah, we're, we're going to be quote unquote mainstream. We can still appeal to masses, but yeah. there's so much more that we can do. Mm. We shouldn't be limited. And I think to your point about, you know, kind of falling into that formula, obviously record labels play some part in that. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. rude records here in a minute, but, sure, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think I absolutely love his voice, but like Kellen Quinn, if you look at the last two years, Kellen has yeah. been on like 50 fucking songs. 
And it's like, okay, great. Everybody's riding on his coattails, and now they all kind of sound the same because Kellen's involved yeah. and Travis Barker yeah. and all this. And it's like, but Travis Barker, yeah. I've noticed a lot like, yeah. <laughs> of him at the moment, for sure. Yeah. So um, it's, it's like, how do we get away from that? And I think it's artists like yourself, Don Bracco, um, you know, Bring Me. Thanks, and there's man. millions more, I'm sure. But yeah, yeah I yeah. think until we we start exposing ourselves to more of this type of music, yeah. we're going to get stuck in that. And I think, you know, I, the UK may be different than the US when it comes to like terrestrial radio, which I don't listen to that often anymore anyway. But like your standard radio stations are playing pretty much the normal pop and rock and whatnot. Yeah. Then you have Sirius XM that gets a little bit more experimental. But sure. really, streaming's where it's at between, you know, Spotify, yeah. Apple, SoundCloud. Like, if you're trying to get exposed to new of variations course. of music, this is where to go. For sure. Yeah. It's the, it's the new age, isn't it? So, yeah. and, so and it's, like all, it's, it's all essentially free. <laughs> it's like you yeah. can, like, and, and everyone's on it. So it's like, use the platform for sure. Uh, sure. So I, I want to touch on um, the second half of the album before we go back over to the, yeah, to sure. the record label stuff. So then, you know, the second half of the album, like you said, it's it's kind of this almost spiritual awakening. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, the album was pretty much done by this point lyrically and stuff. But do you think coming out of COVID still played a little bit of a factor into the way that you wrote that in the sense of like, OK, now there is this awakening and i think i think it was more um not really the trajectory of covid itself and the lockdowns it was more as soon as we entered lockdown i kind of started i i felt like it was a shift for everyone i know it's a bit like a of a cosmic way of thinking but i felt like it's like it was put here everyone's thinking differently but i, I that's what what was great that everyone kind of seemed to have these mini enlightenments on their own lives to kind of like you know even if it didn't happen they had the you know belief that that was going to change them and that day they were like oh, i should be living like this and everyone got to stop to think and it was yeah. that was the best thing about this whole pandemic thing so I, I think that definitely helped like the whole self-reflection element of it and um coming out of something tragic in in, in essentially a better way um so i suppose yeah i suppose it's more the aspect of people introspectively looking at themselves and seeing what they could do different to better the, themselves or the world or, you know, right. um, but yeah. I, think, I think part of it was, you know, to your point about like trying to better yourself, I think it was this realization life is too short to not be fucking happy. So a yeah. lot of people reevaluated like their career choices and stuff like that. Sure. Like, if I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, why am I doing it? Yeah. No, I, honestly, yeah, I saw so, there's just so many, so so many people like change, changing big, like, quite big things about themselves. So it was cool to see, man. Like it was cool to cool to see people take big big leaps or like leaps they could whilst being in lockdown. But like at least right. you know starting to think about it and and stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Cool. So uh, let's talk a little bit about Rude Records and you know you guys signed to them. Not mm -hmm. terribly long ago, but you know you've mm -hmm. been on the label for a little while now. What's yeah. that experience been like compared to when you first started out? Obviously, kind of the DIY structure. Oh, are you still here? Did I? Are you there? You're still here? I think yeah. I think yeah. it just went a, it had a little glitch. 
um i think okay. i got i think i got everything um okay. <laughs> i mean i think rude records are unique in a sense that they really i, I, I don't know if, I, i'm sure it's with everyone else on the label but um because we came in and i'm obviously directing the videos and everything's kind of and like tells a designer and a producer so everything's quite this tight-knit package um it was quite nice to feel like we still had a great level of freedom to be the band that we wanted to be without anything feeling like it was hindering it in terms of like like we said before as like labels play a factor in like you know how how songs sound and stuff or like how bands yeah. progress and I, I think rude were definitely happy to kind of like let us do our thing which is definitely what we needed um just kind of a label to kind of support the artist without sticking their fingers in a sense but being supportive in ways that we obviously couldn't be ourselves so um yeah it's been it's been a great it's been a great experience it's been it's been great yeah. i can't can't follow it I, i've never been on a label before but i can't follow it <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. right no, and I, I've talked to a few, you know, artists that have been on Rude or that are currently oh, nice. on Rude, and yeah. I think everyone kind of has that same perspective that, you know, like, yeah. yeah, it's a label, they're giving us extra support, but it's not the mm -hmm. the horror stories that you hear about, like, most major labels where, like, For sure. all your creative control gets stripped away and we have yeah. to put out this or whatever. Um, so it's, you know, it's a real testament to the people over at Rude and how they, they really look at it as it sounds so cliche and so everybody's always like you know well everybody says that but rude really feels like they they see their their artist as family members and they sure. really try yeah, to sure. boost everybody up instead of like well we know we can ride you know this album yeah. and we'll just do this and you know obviously they get their cut of stuff and whatever because mm -hmm. we're in a world where that happens but sure. i i think the thing with them that I've noticed anyway from the outside is that it seems like most people on Rude are not using them as a launch pad necessarily. They're doing it because it's a solid decision for what they want in their trajectory. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. Yeah, like, like when we were signing, we did have other offers and stuff, and it just felt like they were the ones that were going to give us the like, creative control. Like, and that, that to us is like the most important thing. Um, and just to have people that genuinely cared about making sure that that was, you know, kept and stuff. And it's just, it's what it should be about. You know? you know? And there was sort of some labels that were like, like respect, they're, they're respectful labels. Just, like, it just didn't feel right. So, and you always got to go with your gut. <laughs> And I, I was just getting ready to that. say that I'm a yeah. I'm a big believer in gut feelings and vibes. Yeah. And if I'm not getting a good vibe, it, it's not time to do business, you know. And I, think, I I think you know some people make fun of that. They're you know oh well, you know you can't just go on these whims or whatever. But the not to get like crazy about it, but you mentioned the universe earlier. Like mm -hmm. I think the universe really does talk to you to some degree, and it's like that's not the move for, sure. for you. So. No, I totally, I totally agree, man. Like, that's the only, only way I really make decisions. So, <laughs> yeah. um, it's just gotta be, gotta be, gotta be with the feeling. For sure. Yeah. Uh, talk a little bit about because I'm based in the U.S., so like I said, our our restrictions are obviously much different than yours and things like that. For sure. What's kind of the situation over there in the U.K. right now, as far as like things are starting to open up and 
life's mm-hmm. kind of back to normal, but are there still restrictions that are like limiting you from a music video standpoint from, you know, playing shows kind of where are you yeah. guys at for that? Um, I think it's quite, it's quite open. I, there was, there was talks that in January it was going to close up a bit, but it never happened. Um, um, as far as I know, things are just, I think by a date in February, we're releasing every, I think every restrictions is gone and we're just going for that for a bit and see what happens. So, um, I hope it's that, you know, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a big spike in December, but nothing like we, we went on tour with a band called live and we managed to do it aside me getting COVID at the end of the tour from some, somewhere. Um, so yeah, like I think hopefully, it's the last of it, but I've, I feel like I've said that quite a few times now. So just got to roll with the punches and do everything we can um, when we can, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. with this album, you know, as us talking now, it's been like four or five days that it's been out. Um, yeah. What is kind of, obviously you want to tour supporting it, things like that. Kind of mm-hmm. what's your vision for 2022? Let's say restrictions go away and you can do proper justice to the album. What would that look for you? Uh, that's kind of a, know, a question. I want to obviously want to talk like tour. You know, we're touring in March. I don't think it's announced yet um, with a band that, that I like. So we're touring that and that's cool. And I think the goal for on there just because of the pandemic slowing our album down and stuff is just kind of just not stop like um in terms of creation putting things out and and then obviously showing the world like face to face that stuff um but i want to like i would love to do some stuff that doesn't feel quite as like some things are just a bit more unique you know like um some like interesting shows that like have an element that isn't quite as you'd expect or some kind of like exhibition or something I, just like something that kind of like everything modern era kind of stood for was kind of to do just as many kinds of levels of escape as possible yeah. <laughs> um and kind of like just do things that we think you know interesting or evocative or just encapsulating and try and portray a message of this uh modern age in them so um, I guess it's just kind of try to do really cool things, <laughs> really cool things. Yeah, no, that that makes sense to me, especially like you said earlier with your your fine art background, like making it cool. kind of a not just a concert but an experience. You know, like absolutely whether that's yeah. you know video boards and whatever you create, you know, to yeah. to storyboard stuff or whatever. But like, I can yeah. definitely see that you know, growing in, in the music industry, especially now, because it, yeah, yeah it, it's just, it's so hard to, A, with, you know, restrictions and COVID and capacities and all that crap. It's hard to say like, okay, we can take these three bands out. We're going to yeah. do this many tickets. We're going to, you know, this room's going to be great, whatever. But if it's more of like this, this full experience, I think there's yeah. a lot more people that are going to be like, well, I have to get out to that because it's it's not something that we get anymore. Hundred percent, man. I think I, I think with with uh, COVID and stuff and the way like tours have keep having to be cancelled, I just I feel like there's 
might be for for at least a foreseeable like a new model of touring or something like yeah i've seen like arch- like band architects and i'm sure you know but like over here they keep doing doing like weekenders and it's like that's an unheard thing for a band that scale but it's it's like the safety of knowing if something goes to shit you don't you know have to cancel 30 days you can just cancel three change a crew member do the next weekend kind of thing so i think and, and like that show in vegas that's just been announced like that that would yeah. never happen at any other time like it just happens that all these bands are free so i just think it's kind of an exciting time in a way of like things having to shift due to the climate of just you know the pandemic and that so it's but like how can you do that on a creative level how can you twist it up so it kind of gives gives someone something new as well as just yeah. like another thing to add into that mix so i'm i'm excited on those on those fronts uh just to try do something different and then try and do different with this new model that has to take place for a bit so it's yeah, uh sure. it's cool yeah yeah i think you know the bands that come to mind or the artists that come to mind that have done like these the experience type shows if you will yeah. are you know gotta throw out taylor swift she has you know her whole grand stage sure. thing whatever of course but like yeah. even kind of in your your realm if you will 21 pilots you know like it's a, it's a full immersion for that show yeah. and i think that's what people want now you know because yeah we don't know how often we're going to get to see music so it has to be worth it for them to come 100 percent. and i love those shows i love that production element i love like I don't know, fall, like falling into like this idea that's part of this. Like, I want to go see that band, but I'm I'm falling into this cool idea that's been, you know, and I'm in like a different world watching this band yeah. rather than uh, just like five guys on a stage. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. It just seems a lot more interesting in yeah. in my work, in in my opinion. So yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say obviously we don't have to talk about the one that's not announced yet because we don't want. There. Hello. There we go. It came back. back. Okay. I, if it's my own, I'm sorry. I'm like. I don't. I don't know. It may have been mine too. Mine's told me uh, I have Starlink through um, SpaceX, Tesla, whatever, mm. and it told me that my router needs an update. So it could be that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So we won't get you in trouble with the label or anything. Talking about the sure. tour that that you isn't quite announced yet. But what mm-hmm. would a, a, kind of the perfect tour for you look like, you know, if you got to design this perfect bill that you're going to go out with, what would that look like? Perfect bill. I'm like, I'm going torn between doing something that's like, so like this level or just like, or just like something that I think would really work for us now with bands that I know support same ideas and are like on you know, that aren't like nine inch nails, <laughs> but a bit more like this scale. And I think I'll go with that. Cause I think, although we just toured with Lowe, I feel like it was a, it was a big tour. It would be Lowe, Holden Absence, Modern Era, Static Dress. That would be the UK, the UK uh, sorted, I think. I, I think we all have similar ideas. I, I mean, we all know each other cause obviously the UK is not very big anyway, but um, we all have, I don't know, just 
yeah, the divisions are different, but um, the intent is all right. like the same. And I think it's all very real and very, everyone's very passionate in the same way. And I think, I just think a tour like that would be so fucking sick. Um, yeah. And if not, like, yeah, let's go with, you know, like Nairus Nails or Queen or something. Because right. why not? Like, <laughs> let's tour with the greats, you know? Yeah. Um, for sure. Awesome. Uh, that's basically everything I've got for you. So what I've been uh, cool. starting to do is I always take it out with kind of the, the fun question. Usually it's that tour question. But mm-hmm. one thing I, I've been starting is I want to hear a hot take. What's what's your hot take, whether it's entertainment or whatever, that you know you're going to catch shit for, but it's not going to change your view on it? Like, What's a hot take? Is that like a U.S.? It, it may be a U.S. term, but basically yeah. – so like – I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and he fucking loves this. Um, fuck, I'm gonna forget the name of the movie now. There's a movie that he absolutely loves. It's like a cult fucking classic, and I'm like, honestly, it's not that good though. Uh, like, okay, so I'll oh, use the one. Cool. I just did a I just did a podcast um, like two days ago, and yeah. we were talking about on music, and he he threw out that Kiss isn't as big as what they should or like. Kiss is bigger than what they should have ever been. Like, yeah, yeah, honestly, they're not as good as what people make them out to be. So, like, if you right. had, you know, kind of one of those, just like a, <sighs> an opinion that you're like, I stand, this is the hill I'm going to die on, and I don't care what you say. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to offend so many people with, with <laughs> the one I've got. <sighs> oh, it's oh, just doing it. I don't like um, Fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> Oh fuck's sake! Um, okay, I have one. I have one that every time I mention it to someone, everyone looks at me like I'm nuts or like just a piece of shit. So I think Dave Grohl should have already always stayed on drums. So I think that's a pretty good one because everyone yeah. loves Foo Fighters, and I'm like, should have stayed on drums, man. Yeah. No, I. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. Now, I will say there he does have a quote that I absolutely love. Okay. And it was about, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't remember it exactly, but um, yes. he talks about songwriting. And, you know, we've kind of talked about it already that he says, I love that I can write a song that means one thing to me, but then when it gets yeah. played, it means a million different things to a million different people. Yeah, that's cool. And, it, you know, it's a good so, quote. It's a good quote. Yeah, and, the song that he was talking about was uh, Learn to Fly. So everybody assumes that it's this like really prolific song about, you know, growth or whatever. Yeah. He's done interviews. He just wanted to learn how to fucking fly. He's talking about (laughs) learning to fly a fucking plane, but nobody knew that that's what it meant. (laughs) That's music, man. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, so obviously I'll link all your socials and everything, but where can people find you? We'll do kind of the standard outro. Where can they find you? What can they expect? Obviously yeah. the tour that we can't announce yet, but, uh, we'll keep tabs on that for sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, just modern UK. I think, I think on everything. Um, and just, I don't know, expect a lot of great stuff. <laughs> I don't know how to, <laughs> don't know how to sign out, man. No, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's this is the the first step obviously this new album the concept album um yeah. i think it's the first step for you guys into mm-hmm. i don't want to say uncharted waters because obviously other bands have 
have done similar things, but yeah. you're you're definitely setting out on kind of your own course with it. I like that one. Thank you. I think that's cool. Yeah. That's uh, that's all we've ever intended to do anyway. So I'm like stoked that it's seen that way. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah, Thank absolutely, you. man. I, again, I appreciate your time. Thanks for you know. It's been a, late. it's been it's, a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, man. Yeah. It's been great. Thank well, you. Hopefully, all the restrictions will go away. Either I can come to the UK or you can come to the US. I understand. Uh, we'll hang out. Link up and and do you know one of these in person if that ever happens again. So I would absolutely, I would absolutely love that, mate. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. All I right. appreciate it. Have a good night. Yeah, you and, too. Uh, I'll keep you guys yeah. posted. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers, man. And that was my conversation with Zach from Modern Air. Again, really hope you guys enjoyed it. A um, little bit shorter than what we normally do for a couple reasons. Um, honestly, the, the main reason is uh, I kind of felt bad for the interview being when it was simply because the, the time difference to the UK uh, it was super late for him while we were doing that conversation, so obviously wanted to be mindful of his time. Really appreciate him setting aside that time and, and being available for me. Um, but yeah, I think, again, there's a lot of really cool uh, stories that they have and a unique perspective being twins in a band as well as you know kind of carving their own path in the rock genre if you will where there's a lot more experimentation and they're kind of i know it's early to say but i feel like they are kind of starting to be a a trendsetter or a pathfinder for some other bands to look at as kind of this blueprint of sorts and say you know what like maybe we can expand our soundscape some and and be able to experiment with these different ideas and still have a home within rock um yeah i i just can't say enough good things about modern error i think you need to go over and check out their album uh, victim of a modern age it's out now via Rude Records. You can find it streaming anywhere that you stream. Um, go follow the guys. Show them love. Let them know if you listen to this podcast. Uh, let us know what you thought of this podcast. I'm finally back in the swing of things um, after taking some time off for mental health and, and some other things that were going on, you know, scheduling-wise and whatnot. Uh, but we're back in full swing we have some cool stuff coming up for you guys, so be sure that you're liked, subscribed, following um, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you stream your podcasts. We've got all kinds of cool stuff coming out. Um, in fact, later this week, uh, as of the day of this episode airing, uh, there will be a second podcast going live. Um because I wanted to get it out before some stuff that they have going on. I don't want to spoil who the guest is yet, but I think you guys are going to be really excited for it. I know I was. Um, and then I am working on some new merch designs. There's going to be some stuff up very soon for that. So keep your eyes peeled. 
And yeah, that's all I've got for you guys this this episode, this week. Um, it's not really all I've got for you this week because I have that second episode. But it's everything for this episode, guys. So um, yeah, as always, remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.